Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley, and each week I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon prep, and they will share some things with us that we did not hear in the sermon. The goal of the podcast is to ask things like, why did our church need to hear this message on Sunday? Or, why did you personally need to preach this message? The pastors will also share some practical next steps. We're glad you're here listening. Here's my conversation with Pastor Joey. Hey, Joey, happy Easter Monday. Hey, happy Easter Monday to you too, Claire. I'm coming to, you know, I don't know why we're recording this today because it's a church day holiday, like we all have the day off, but I guess if we don't record on Monday, you can't get it out by Wednesday, so... I mean, I, maybe I could, but I guess we're peeling back the curtain just enough. People see that we record this on Mondays. and That's right. So if yes. they have questions, they need to get them in by Monday morning. <laughs> right. Right after the sermon or, uh, or it takes a little bit of time. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, um, happy, happy Easter. Easter. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Joey, let's recap a little bit about your, uh, your Easter sermon. And then let's recap our time spent in the book of Isaiah, not just our Lenten series, The Servant Who Saves, but we also had God's Heart for Weary People, also yeah, time yeah. spent in Isaiah. So um, that's what we're going to spend our time, bulk of our time on in today's podcast. Why don't you give us a little bit of a run through from yesterday's sermon? Oh, okay. Now I'm going to reverse the order on you since oh, yesterday's sermon okay. was like the culmination of the okay, two okay. series put together. Sounds great. So yeah, uh, I guess I could work backwards, but... I'm committed now. So okay, good. I, we so we studied since well these last two series, and I forget exactly when we started in um, God's heart for weary people. But um, Isaiah 40 through 55 is one long section. It's it's like one whole section, um, and so 40 through about 52 or so is where we were looking at God's heart for weary people. It, God just showing up over and over again, telling to his people, like, I'm here. I am, I'm going to have compassion on you. I'm, I'm going to act uh, for your benefit. Like, I have not forgotten you. And this is, of course, to a people facing an exile or in exile. I'm like, where is God? You know, I'm, I'm like a 70-year pandemic, not a one-year, one-and-a-half-year pandemic. So they're just, for years on end, they're saying, where is God? And through Isaiah, God saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm having compassion on you. Um, and then he, so there's a shift when we started with the servant who saves in roughly Isaiah 50, 51, he starts bringing in, he's hinted earlier in like 42 and 49 at this servant figure whose work would deliver his people from exile. And then I think in 49 or 50, like that work expands uh, and it says it specifically, like, just saving my people would be too small of a thing. I want him to save the whole world. And it starts to talk about this servant who is going to suffer, but redeem, who's going to carry his people's burdens and sorrows. So it's like God's heart for weary people ultimately shows up in the servant who takes their sorrows and their burdens and saves. And then Isaiah 55 that we looked at on Easter morning is the culmination of that work in the feast of the servant, the feast mm -hmm. that he invites and brings all people into. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks for giving us that big picture. Um, so what do you think is your big takeaway personally, Joey? Like what's God done in your heart over the last few months studying this book? You've put more time in it than mm -hmm. probably any of us have. Um, you and Jeff just working through these passages and reading over and over again. And so, of course, that does something to you also, your own heart as you study. What's yeah. What does that look like? I think, oh, 
overall, it's it's been those two main themes that have impressed on me again and again, just God's compassion, um, that his compassion cannot be measured by our current circumstances, right? Like if, if life is going great, God must be having compassion or mercy or love for me. And if life's going badly, well, then obviously he doesn't, right? It's not that simple. Um, and then the, just the overwhelming extent of the suffering of the servant, um, in our place and on our behalf. Uh, we, we did a really, of course, that really deep dive into the big long servant song in 5213 through 5312. And a passage that I, I knew pretty well or had read, I don't know how many times, but to really slow down in it, there's just so much there that um, kept impacting me on the, the extent of the compassion correlates directly to the extent of the suffering uh, that the servant is willing to go through on our behalf. And then I suppose to the extent of the rejoicing and the, the, the feasting and the, yeah, the feast at the end uh, that came out in 55. It's just uh, uh, 40 through 55 is all these extremes, extreme compassion, extreme suffering, extreme feasting. Um, I don't know. Extreme doesn't feel like the right word for it, but um, that's, that's what I kept, being impressed with, I think. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing. So we don't want Easter to just be done. It doesn't end yeah, on Easter Monday. Right. So um, how do we go forward with this heart attitude, Resurrection Sunday, not forgetting mm -hmm. just this mm -hmm. high of, but like speaking of a high, how good did it feel to sit in Easter service and then just remember, wow, where were we a year ago? We oh, were man, yeah. worshiping <laughs> alone in our homes. We were the most isolated at that point during this whole pandemic. Yeah. That yeah. was hard. It was hard to feel like it was a true celebration and it really pairs it all down to the part of like, well, what's the essence of Easter? What's the point of the celebration? And is it enough to just do it in your home with by yourself or with a, your husband or wife or, you know, your family? Of course it is, but it just felt different. And then to be able mm -hmm. to have this year, wow, one year later, which honestly is a blessing to be able to say it's just been one year it seemed like forever but to be able to be in service for the most mm -hmm. part maybe many people still aren't able to join us but to worship and it is like the it's the extreme like you said it's it is an extreme for yeah yes other. you're right so yeah, anyway sorry was, for rambling but no it was so hard not to hug people uh on sunday so many people that I hadn't seen in so long um especially when they're when people are coming up and they're like i'm i'm four weeks post second shot you know and, and going for a hug and it's like great you know that um just that um oh, a sense of celebration was returned to uh, to the weekend um mm -hmm. but your question was about like how do we not just let it be a high yeah um yeah um it's a good question. I think in some ways it's always going to be a high, right? The, the big feast days of the calendar year, Christmas and Easter, and those are huge, huge high points. Um, but of course, every Sunday is, you've probably heard it said like every Sunday is a little Easter. Um, I think it's better to think of it that every Easter is just a big Sunday. Mm. Uh, it's just one big, big normal Sunday. So of course the normal Sunday is reliving the Easter story again, the resurrection and the new life and the rejoicing again, right? Um, with that same movement through the whole gospel storyline of 
uh, God is so holy and we are not, but he's made a way for us to come to him um, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to be reunited with him eternally in this incredible feast. Mm-hmm. Like that's the basic story of every Sunday. Uh, but then specifically to right now, right, we are in the, um, the 50 days leading up to Pentecost now. So Easter is over. Um, and now we get to, to think through, okay, Jesus is risen. And now we've got like, what is it? 40 days until the Ascension. And then we've got Pentecost and we've, so we've got like the, the excitement of the, the founding of the church to celebrate over the yeah. next uh, 40, 50 days to think about. Like right now, Jesus is showing up to people. Uh, he's showing up on the road to Emmaus. Like he's showing up in the uh, the upper room. Like Acts 1-8 is, is happening in just a few weeks. Um, so this is a, an exciting time to think, okay, we've come off the resurrection, but like now what is starting? Like the, the church, the movement. Uh, the movement is beginning. And I, I think of, I'm not going to be able to quote the lines, but we sing that song, uh, King of Kings often uh, at faith. And it's like, yeah. and there's um, um, immediately the, uh, in that song, it's like, okay. And Jesus rose again and the church of Christ was born and the spirit lit the flame and the gospel truth, uh, you know, old shall not. exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shall, not, uh, shall not faint. Shall not faint. Yeah. Yep. And because that's, this is the story. Yeah. We're in the, the exciting beginning of the church right now. Sure. Great. Awesome. Thanks for giving us that perspective. Yeah. Um, any application points or big things that you had to leave out of your sermon on Sunday? Do you cut your sermon shorter on Sunday because it was Easter? You knew families were worshiping. Yeah. Families. So we were shooting for a 20 minute talk instead of uh 25 um so i was shooting for a word count of around 2000 instead of 24 2500 so um, So did you have to leave out well i don't know if i've ever talked about it on here but i always have like when i'm reading a passage or thinking about a sermon there's always a couple of different songs it seems like there's always different songs in the background Mm -hmm. and i always want to quote or reference them and then i always have to cut it because you can't just, you know, quote a bunch of songs every time. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had a couple of songs and, and the, the, the lyrics, you know, were in my manuscript and they kept getting moved to different places before I finally admitted that I had to, I had to cut them and, okay. you know, move on from there. So, so what's a song that was repeating in the background? Um, this week there were two. Um, one was a song called, let me find it in my deleted materials file. Um, for the week. Uh, it's called Home at Last by Josh Garrels. I can never remember the name of it, but um, this one spoke to the the sense of wanting to be welcomed uh, to the feast. Um, the, this, the lines are, it, it goes, who is there at the end of Lonesome Roads? All of us hope there's a home, a place to rest where wounds get dressed and the table's full and the sound of laughter in the halls. Uh, he says, we're all orphans looking for an open door. So come on up to the house of the Lord. Father adopts us all. And then the, the chorus goes, light the fire, gather around, join together, sing it loud, raise the glass, and joyful be home at last, one family. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, was in the back perfect. of my That's hit. fitting. Right, yeah. yeah. Actually, this whole album, uh, it's on an album called Home. And so the whole thing is about coming back home. He's got a song from the perspective of the of a prodigal. He's got the, um, being one family. He's got a benediction. He's anyway, it's a great album. Look it up on Spotify. Yeah, I know. I love Home all of by stuff. Josh Garrels. Yeah. 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 So that one was there. And then, uh, do you ever heard of the mountain goats? 
Um, no. Okay. Well, um, they've got an old song called uh, Color in Your Cheeks, which is, the guy says it's a song about making friends. Um, and it's uh, a bunch of vignettes of essentially refugees um, being welcomed into a, a, a small Texas town. Um, and the, uh, the lines go, um, uh, come on in, this is the chorus um, after each different little vignette. It says, come on in, we haven't slept for weeks, drink some of this, it'll put color in your cheeks. Uh, and it just is this sense of welcome, uh, welcoming others to the feast. Like, hey, we get to enjoy this, but it's not just about us. Who are we, who are we welcoming in? So, sure. yeah. Thank These you. are both uh, musicians that my wife can't stand. So I have to listen to them while I'm sermon prepping. She's just, their voices, she just gets annoyed at their voices. Okay. Well, I do but, like J Josh Garrels, so that's a bummer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I like him because I, I can sing along with him and I don't sound quite so bad. <laughs> Are you saying that he's bad? Doesn't sound good? Or you, your tone but just I'm fits saying his he, tone? My tone fits his tone and he doesn't necessarily have like the, the Disney style of Definitely not. vocality. And so, yes. Yes. He doesn't get a lot of radio play. Yeah, definitely. Um, so anything that we should, that you want to leave us with, with either the book of Isaiah as a whole or mm -hmm. some practical application from Easter Sunday? I think, the again, that whole story of from Isaiah 40 all the way to 55 culminates in the invitation to come to a feast, right? So I, I, I want to... I don't know how to make it more specific in, you know, here's something you should do today or do this week, um, other than to say, like, whatever it takes for you to uh, internalize uh, or express a response to the invitation to come, whether it's a simple prayer of, um, Father, I want to come to your feast, or if it's helped me to experience uh, the, the foretaste of this feast now, um, or if it's... Uh, just seeing the opportunities for that, that festal attitude um, in, in life, in daily life around you. Uh, it does remind me of uh, one of my like absolute favorite books of all time is called The Supper of the Lamb uh, by an Episcopalian priest and chef, a guy named um, Father Capon. And he was writing in, in New York City in the 50s. So a very different attitude towards food, but um, he has a benediction um, that I keep, I keep on my phone so I can pull it up at different times when, uh, when we're having a significant meal. Mm -hmm. I um, think that I've been at a meal when you've read this before. You probably had. Have, yeah. yeah. So he said, um, he said, if I had only a single temporal blessing to wish you, I would not hesitate a moment. May you be spared long enough to know at least one long evening of old friends, dark bread, good wine, and strong cheese. Sounds a lot like Isaiah 55, right? Um, but th this is the line that always gets me. He says, if even exile be so full, what must not our fullness be? Uh, meaning like if even this meal together um, is so gratifying and so good in our exile, it, even if this exile is so full, then what must not our fullness, like the feast be? Mm -hmm. If every meal here is just a foretaste of... Uh, the Isaiah 55 or the Isaiah 25 or the Revelation 20 feast to come. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. That's a, thank you for leaving us with that. And um, 
I'm prompted to just praise God. Amen. Yeah. Every, every meal with, every meal with brothers and sisters in Christ is a foretaste of the feast to come. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If this conversation has blessed you in any way, we encourage you to consider sharing it with others. If you ever wish to submit questions to our pastors following their Sunday sermon, you can email your questions to podcast at faithliveitout.org, and we'll do our best to cover the question in the episode. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.